Hi, uh, hello everybody. This is Dr. Randy Bach. Today is January 19, 2022. And this right here is a coronavirus conversation. Um, it helps if you join the conversation so it can be one rather than just a coronavirus uh, rant or monologue. Although my name is Randy, so some people have actually called me Randy. Uh, I shouldn't tell everybody that, I guess. Um, but it's, it's funny, uh, we've been watching Yellowstone uh, lately we're up to season two, so no spoiler alerts if you uh, uh, give comments. But the uh, guys, it's mostly a guy show, uh, cowboys and whatnot, modern day uh, uh, drifters, criminals, uh, cowhands, and so forth. Uh, they're, you know, mostly guys, and it's very terse, <laughs> you know, the conversation. And, uh, you know, I guess that's not really been my style. I, uh, you know, like to talk things through. Um, and I think it's very helpful, frankly, in terms of, of ending our uh, suppression, uh, depression, oppression um, by, uh, you know, figuring things out. I think it's always been, um, I think it's always hard. I, I remember being as, a, you know, as, as a kid, uh, you know, parents would say something and a certain number of years, you just kind of do it. They say it, you do it. And that's that. Um, there was, a, you know, a certain point along the way, uh, my mom would tell me to do stuff and I can't remember exactly what age I was, but it was like, you know, I was kind of pondering around, like, why this, you know, what do you, what do you have in mind? And I realized uh, sometimes, you know, their logic wasn't really flawless. And uh, you can realize that now. I mean, I don't think it takes that much work. I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, I deal in, you know, pretty, you know, I guess, educated circles, um, it, it ostensibly according to degrees and credentials. and um, uh, you know, I haven't really made much headway in bringing people to uh, think outside of their own, when I say outside the box, maybe outside their television box or their uh, boxed in circles of information. Um, I've pointed out on previous episodes that, uh, you know, when Omicron came around, people trotted out the same kind of group think, oh, the hospitals are being overwhelmed, the emergency rooms are being overwhelmed, da, da, da. And, you know, push comes to shove. I asked people to corroborate that and, and show me where, you know, the actual data was for that. And it all kind of dissolved away. It was a little bit like uh, putting water on the uh, Wicked Witch of the West. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned maybe before that uh, The Wizard of Oz, I found very useful in um, uh, dealing, you know, and bringing up as an example to uh, certain patients who didn't, who felt powerless. Uh, I had a, a good ancillary part of my regular general medical practice, which I had it for decades in Revere, uh, Massachusetts, um, for probably the latter 10 years of the practice, uh, eight years maybe, I uh, did a fair amount of narcotic detoxification for patients, not myself. And a lot of people didn't feel they had the strength to do, you know, sobriety, to get to sobriety. And I was reminded of the scene uh, at the end of The Wizard of Oz, uh, when the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the uh, Cowardly Lion are looking for, uh, uh, well, the Tin Man wants, you know, wants a heart. Uh, the Scarecrow doesn't feel he has any brains and the Cowardly Lion looking for courage. And the wizard, of course, is not a wizard. Um, he's just a little guy and uh, uh, he promotes himself as a, a big voice. And I think we see some of that these days in the way, uh, you know, our big people, uh, you know, I guess we've kind of made uh, not not because of his diminutive stature per se, but Dr. Fauci into the Wizard of Oz, and he could be the good wizard. Once once the Wizard of Oz was uncovered as just a guy uh, without any really great better insight into the situation than anybody else, or certainly no greater powers 
um, he actually did come through. He brought uh, to bear um, that, uh, you know, the, the um, you know, the, the semi-heroes of the story had those qualities that the cowardly lion um, had shown courage and, and uh, you know, Scarecrow had shown his wits and the Tin Man had shown heart. And we all have these within us and we have to really kind of, you know, not take things uh, for face value. Uh, we have to uh, look and we have to work and we also have to recognize that we have the capabilities to investigate ourselves. And so I, was, I know I've been very disappointed that uh, a lot of the MD and MD PhDs and PhDs and so forth that I deal with and a lot of them, you know, more than you could you know, imagine uh, just, you know, in the regular uh, kind of it's a wonderful life realm of uh, Jimmy Stewart, you know, in his, uh, you know, kind of town square, you know, where you have more like the tailor, uh, the, the the restaurant owner and so forth. That tends not to be my, you know, kind of um, cohort or milieu, whatnot, to a certain extent it is. I mean, I, you know, go to parties and I see people from other walks of life, but, um, you know, it seems that we congregate around, you know, fairly educated people, but it, throughout it's been uh, the sense that um, the educated people are just spouting stuff. And, and that is not good for anybody. I'm gonna uh, go through a study um, by a uh, non-medical uh, researcher, um, uh, more in the economic sphere, but it's very uh, perceptive about what has happened with um, uh, the way our, uh, you know, pandemic has been uh, categorized and treated and frankly aggrandized and, and made to be other things than it's not. I got a couple of comments here. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, why does the UK have more freedom than the US? We're supposed to be the land of the free. Uh, why are they still kick, uh, segregated? Um, I can't really understand that latter question. What's their ul ulterior motive? Well, we'll probably get to the, that. Uh, we're going to get to both these aspects um, shortly. Um, as far as the UK opening up, um, you know, I think that, you know, it's a little bit of a category error. Uh, the UK is a parliamentary system. And I think the, the real flaw, the real virus, uh, if you will, that's been uncovered by this virus, a different kind of societal virus is the parliamentary system. I love democracy, um, but there are different levels and kinds of democracy. The you know, UK, Australia, and a fair amount of European countries have uh, the prime minister, you know, running things, not the president. And what is that, you know, the, the what, what, what's the difference there? Well, the prime minister is the, you know, the single um, most important member of his uh, party. And that party has won the parliamentary election and they have complete control. We see this in Australia, uh, New Zealand, uh, Austria, uh, Germany, um, uh, to a lesser extent in France, but in the UK, uh, when, when that dominant party takes over, they basically have the dictatorship, a democratic form of dictatorship. They temporarily, at least, presuming they have uh, further free elections, they temporarily have the rule of, of law and, and they have all the power and force of the government. Everything goes with it. We have divided government. This is by intention, checks and balances. I'm not going to do the Federalist Papers here, but uh, we have benefited because we have you know, several, we have severed, you know, separate uh, states that have uh, different actions. So, you know, the UK is not freer than the United States per se. Uh, their government has come to this realization very recently this week that they're going to lift restrictions. But overall, they have not done better than we have in regard to the um, pandemic. They uh, did well. They were on the, on the same track as Sweden initially. Uh, and then they uh, uh, kind of switched over, you know, when Boris uh, Johnson got ill, uh, you know, he, his worldview changed. I think it was different from Donald Trump getting ill. Donald Trump didn't really change his worldview, um, you know, and frankly, he was older, uh, still is. Um, 
and he was at more danger uh, from COVID than Boris Johnson, presumably. Uh, but he did not uh, do the draconian uh, overbearing uh, method, you know, methods, and he didn't kind of cave into the the global uh, concept of how to deal this kind of cookie cutter, you know, lockdown everything, kind of zero COVID uh, policy that that all the other states had, and that they were drumming, uh, you know, and pounding on Sweden to adopt as well. Um, so we have had places that are more open than the UK, you know, CF, you know, Florida, uh, Texas, um, and, you know, most of the southern states, you know, kind of the Republican states have been more open all along than any place in the UK. And there are certain parts of the United States that are not. And so we have the benefit in a sense of having an experimental laboratory um, between the states so we can get kind of a, an equilibrium. And that keeps the, the federal power in, in, in check. Uh, First of all, because the federal government shouldn't be doing stuff that the states do. Uh, the federal government is really, you know, was designed mostly for our defense and for, you know, allowing interstate commerce and catching criminals that cross state lines with the, you know, FBI, that kind of stuff, uh, ultimately. But, you know, initially it was there um, to, you know, federate, to con conjoin the states. Um, a little bit like, like what the EU tries to do in Europe. So they have a common currency and they're trying for a common border. They don't really, haven't really worked out the kinks for a common defense. Anyone, anyway, I don't want to go too far down that road, but you know, the UK has come around, around to this realization, but our greater realization is that the fragile aspect of, of parliamentary uh, democracy, um, where when you that party is in power, they have all the controls. This is never a good thing because at its root, in a sense, I mean, the worst way, democracy can be ruled by mob. You know, if the mob happens to believe such and such and that they have all the levers of power, uh, they can just go for it. So, you know, the, I think the, the, the slogan is, you know, democracy uh, is three, three wolves and a sheep uh, voting on what's for dinner. And it's going to be the sheep. You know, we actually have a constitutional republic. And so we have reservation of rights and the rights of the minority uh, are, are, are continuous. Um, so the the uh, federal government can't take away things just, you know, when one party gets in power to become the president, he's presiding over the other, um, you know, certain executive aspects, but he doesn't control the Congress. He doesn't, you know, which can, you know, the, the uh, House of Representatives and, and the Senate together, and nor does he control the judicial system. So we have checks and balances. We have, uh, you know, separate silos of power. And this was by design because our founders uh, had come, you know, essentially from the monarchical uh, system of, of uh, King George and, uh, the, you know, United Kingdom, which has the word king in it. And they didn't want that. They didn't want a concentration where one man could could rule that everyone has to wear uh, purple hats uh, for the rest of their life or everyone has to, uh, you know, walk with a limp or whatever, you know, whatever the king happens to decide on, that is the, the rule. Generally, kings don't do that, but they certainly have the ability and the power to do so. And so we came up with probably the ideal system and the, the successful places on earth are those that uh, I think most closely align with ours. And so there are a lot of governments that have presidents and those differ slightly. Now, I'm not talking about the presidents for life, like Zimbabwe or something like that, um, uh, where people who call themselves president, but they're not actually in a constitutional republic. So uh, sorry for that that sidetrack, but I think it's important to, to realize that, you know, we, we need to get some good lessons out of this epidemic or pandemic or whatever it is, or this exaggeration of, of a severe flu initially, and what's really now kind of, you know, mild cold or whatever. Uh, and we need to get a handle on this. Um, on a personal basis, let's see, uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, the last couple of weeks, there were some, uh, you know, I get getting a little bit past date, but there, was, there were New Year's parties, and there were plans for the holidays. And since then, uh, I've been playing some squash and some tennis. And, you uh, 
you know, invariably people are canceling, um, you know, these various events. Uh, there have been some parties and some things for candidates and this and that. And people are not showing up because they know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who might have been positive and they're waiting for their tests to come in. Uh, it's just kind of, I can't really decide what the game is. Uh, I've been calling it octopus tag because, uh, you know, octopi have, you know, they have all these tentacles and they're all reaching out. And if you play tag with an octopus, it'd be kind of interesting. I suppose you could tag, you know, four different people at once. Uh, if you have a better name for it, uh, let me know. But, you know, this kind of thing, if we didn't ha have the test right now and, and we had amnesia and we didn't know there was COVID going around and we just kind of like showed up today in 2022, you know, in our situation with, you know, reasonable cognition and whatnot, we would, and we didn't have PCR, we didn't have all the testing, this wouldn't be anything. We wouldn't be calling this a pandemic. We'd be calling it winter because, you know, winter has typically had influenza. We're not he hearing or talking about influenza and it typically has colds uh, because frankly, it's cold uh, in, in North America, at least, um, good part of it. And uh, the cold uh, kind of brings on uh, you know, lowers your defenses for respiratory illnesses. Um, this is not shocking. It shouldn't be. And everybody should know this and understand it. Uh, so, you know, we, what we are having is kind of a weird game of, um, you know, PCR telephone. Uh, so people are like, well, I don't want to be the, and every, it's all this politeness stuff. And so I, I'm not against politeness. I get it. But, but people are having this thing where they, you know, well, they don't want to be the one that, you know, ruins everybody else's time um, and, and they have to get tested. Uh, by the way, so the people doing all this testing over and over again and somebody, they hear somebody else got positive tested and then, um, and then they can't go to their party, whatever, but they're not even symptomatic. And even if they were like, who cares? It's a cold, you know, don't, don't pass it on. Try not to give it to the other person and so forth. Um, and uh, anyway, so what else else is new? Uh, I suppose a little bit of that. You know, I had another friend who's um, uh, probably near 70 years old and, you know, he thinks he has a cold. He's a bright guy and I enjoy his company. Um, he hasn't tested apparently. And so, you know, he thinks he, might, he probably has a cold, but, you know, he's doing OK. If, if he gets worse, his gradation for running through the emergency room or going to the hospital is, is how sick he happens to be. And he's not that sick. And so whether it's Omicron or not, uh, he's not that interested in finding out. I suppose he could, he could get a test and whatnot. But, you know, to what purpose? I don't know. Um, uh, what else? So I'm going to try to breeze along because I uh, uh, have to go to the airport tonight. Um, my lovely wife is coming back from uh, driving my lovely son across our lovely country. And um, he's uh, moving to L.A. Wish him the best of luck. Shout out. Um, and uh, and so she helped him uh you know, do the, all that driving and she's got some great pictures uh, from uh, Arizona, um, uh, which, you know, anyway, it, it's it's a good time they're having uh, and that's coming to an end. So I got to, uh, you know, kind of make sure things move along in a timely fashion. I got another question here. Um, do, 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 do. Um, well, I can't really, uh, I'm going to probably come to that question later, if at all. Uh, so Let's move along. I, I, I think I have some things in store for you tonight that you'll like. Um, let me see if I can uh, mix them in. Um, and uh, I'm going to close this window here. Um, what am I going to do first? Um, well, uh, let's see. Just do. Um, okay, well, this is the article that I was going to uh, spend some time with. Perhaps, and I'm, I, um, let's see, um, 
No, that's good. How about this? Um, so this is an article uh, come to the top here um, called very dry title, Accounting for Pandemic, uh, Better Numbers for Management and Policy. And this is by a gentleman, Yuri uh, um, Biondi, and um, uh, I think he's um, a fellow uh, in an institute in Italy, uh, very well educated in economics and so forth. And uh, this is from the journal Accounting, Economics and Law. Um, I'm not going to, I think I put the link up for it uh, on the comments, um, but uh, I think you should take a look at it. Uh, he goes over a lot of, frankly, the things that I've been talking about uh, from the get-go. Uh, where do the numbers come from? You know, we hear numbers of, of cases and whatnot. What do they mean? Um, you know, how reliable are they? Uh, are they deaths with or from uh, COVID? Uh, he kind of goes over some of this stuff here. Um, and then the number of, you know, how, how, how do you decide how bad this pandemic is? You know, there's... Uh, uh, problems, you know, deciding whether you're going to look at hospital admissions, uh, hospital stay, and whatnot. What is the exact quantitative aspect? So, um, you know, not all numbers provide uh, information. So there's been some obfuscation, some clouding of what things actually mean uh, by the way the numbers are um, are being put out. And again, this is kind of a long thing to take in, so I'm not going to be able to do this uh, justice. Um, but you know, there's an old expression: there are lies, damn lies, and statistics. And, you know, we've seen the, the misuse and manipulation thereof uh, through the course of this. It's been an interesting uh, thing to see of late that there have been some uh, retractions um, in uh, what we were, you know, thought we knew. Uh, those numbers are changing. Uh, there's an interesting article. I'm not sure if I can uh, find it right now. Uh, um, let's see. It was in The Federalist, I believe. Uh, yeah, here we go. So I, I'm not I, I have this one up here. Maybe I do. Um, so this this one I, I recommend you look at. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's it's really interesting. Uh, why ruling class minions, <laughs> I love that word, are so are so suddenly doing damage control on COVID. Um, and we see a lot of this going on where everyone's kind of backtracking. And she points out that even the New York Times, you know, recently had a, a study um, uh, showing the you know, problems from all the lockdowns over so the 20 month delayed, uh, you know, it's, he, he put this out 20 months, it's too late, uh, talking about the emotional, social and academic damage done to children. Um, and then now CNN is finally uh, coming around to this after two years of smearing such things. Um, uh, Ra uh, Rochelle Walensky uh, did it, she didn't quite acknowledge, but basically she didn't uh, deny that uh, the numbers of the deaths of the Wuhan virus are hugely inflated. There's been some exposés showing that, you know, maybe uh, only, you know, 25 to 40% of the hospitalizations attributed to COVID are actually from COVID. There's a lot of testing within the hospital, so people are testing positive, um, but they're really having problems with uh with COVID, I mean, alongside of COVID, they're having maybe renal cancer and they happen to show up for, for COVID uh, because there are a lot of incentives, both politically and financially. Um, people are calling that a death from COVID if they die from it, for instance, or hospitalization. Uh, she goes over some of the uh, term limited hangout, which goes from the Nixon era. Um, when you're pretty much caught in something, you know, a lie, you try to present that you have you know, some aspect of it, but you kind of pull back. So you, you limit the amount of, of, of exposure you're having by by copying to, you know, kind of copying to a smaller uh, uh, plea, kind of plea bargaining and trying to get out of the um, entanglement you're in. So we're seeing that. Why are we seeing that now? Um, 
Well, kind of because I think that the, the, you know, the data don't back up what people have been saying. You know, what we're seeing, I'm going to get to my slides in a second, uh, but what we what we are seeing is, uh, you know, that the vaccine is, is pretty much irrelevant uh, to um, uh, to uh, the Omicron, for instance. Uh, I think the vaccine is, you know, what I people are coming around to the fact of what I was saying um, that uh, this is a um, uh, this is um, basically, uh, you know, I, I love vaccines. I always make that disclaimer, but this is um, a vaccine for a, a virus that's at least two years old. I mean, it's 2019, COVID-19, and uh, the 2021 version is Omicron. Uh, so that's two years out of date. Uh, there's no reason to think that this would do anything for it, and it doesn't. Um, I'm going to go into some of the slides in, the, in a minute and show you that, you know, in fact, there's, you know, no benefit uh, for being um, uh, vaccinated as far as um, uh, get coming down with COVID or not uh, currently, the Omicron version. So I think the vaccine had its great utility at a certain point, but uh, uh, not really uh, much now. Um, let's see, maybe I'll just kind of go through some of the slides quickly. Um, maybe I'll just do news actually. So let me get back this. Uh, this back up here. Um, so this is, you know, this is how the tide is turning. The WHO now, this is January 18, now says there's no evidence healthy children and adolescents need COVID boosters. They probably didn't need the COVID shot originally either, um, but certainly they don't need boosters. And of course, there are dangers from it. Now the WHO is finally coming around to what we've been saying all along. Um, you know, the, she mentions here, uh, the aim is to protect the most vulnerable, to protect uh, those at highest risk of severe disease and dying. Those are our elderly population, immunocompromised and underlying conditions, and also health workers. Uh, frankly, our health workers are not getting um, are, are not getting that uh, uh, benefited right now. They're mostly getting fired. Um, so, bravo, but a little bit late. Uh, the other things um, I wanted to kind of get into tonight. Um, well, here's the UK. This is another piece of good news. Uh, the UK lifts COVID restrictions, um, says I, Omicron wave has peaked. Here's kind of this, you know, silly photo, I guess. Uh, looks very theatrical. Um, this is January 18th. He's still wearing a mask. Uh, I don't know. That doesn't look like he's dropped restrictions. I'm sure everybody here has been super duper vaccinated and they're all asymptomatic. This is a meaningless uh, uh, thing that they're doing. Um, but nonetheless, they are doing it. So uh, that's a step in the right direction. Um, uh, I wanted to, and these are some things on my mind, but let me just uh, go at some of the, you know, so let, let's look at the UK for uh, instance. Uh, like everywhere else, um, the uh, case numbers, uh, which are right here, uh, are very high. They're sort of peaking, they're going down. But in fact, as you know, per we've discussed elsewhere and other times, uh, the fatalities have remained low and they're probably exaggerated as is. Um, uh, other other countries have had uh, similar issues. They've had high case numbers. Um, uh, here's Israel, which is the super duper most vaccinated place on earth. People are getting, you know, total four shots so far. And lo and behold, they're having more uh, cases than they had, frankly, than ever they've had before. It's a country of maybe 10 million people and there's 75,000 cases. I don't know. Uh, so active cases have gone up. Uh, the coronavirus deaths have pretty much peaked as before. They're very low. So this is, you know, a distinction without a difference. It's uh, tempest in a teapot. There's really no 
issue with it. Um, other places and states and uh, countries have done very well. Uh, here's our friend Sweden, which is the place that did the best example of herd immunity. Cases are going up, as you see over here. Um, and over here on this, this piece over here, not the clothing, uh, but this over here. And so uh, the deaths are flat line. Uh, so there's really nothing you know, to do about this. Again, people do die and they do die from infectious respiratory illnesses. Uh, South Africa, which is a pretty much unvaccinated place, uh, maybe 10 or 15% of the population vaccinated. Uh, they had a lot of cases. This is Omicron, it went up and went down. So this is in the absence of vaccine and um, you know, really not much in the way of, of reflective um, fatalities as there were in the, I think it's the alpha, the beta and the delta strain. Um, so, you know, that's it, really very much divorced. Omicron is probably, uh, it may, you know, be related to the original COVID-19 or it might just be related to uh, coronaviruses such as they are, which caused the common cold. Um, I'm just going to show you very briefly um, some of the, uh, these are, you know, I've shown these before. These are uh, interesting charts. Uh, the colors show the different uh, strains. This green here is Delta. This is a timeline. This is the United States. Uh, Omicron kind of you know, nudged everybody out here in purple. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the dominant strain, about 90, 100% of, uh, of cases in the U.S. are this. If you look around, uh, the same thing occurs over here in the U.K. Um, you know, Omicron, the purple, took over for the Delta. And this is pretty much the same thing all over the world. Um, I'm not going to be able to spend uh, too much more time on this. Um, there's a nice thing you can look at our world in data. Um, I was uh, interested in looking at the case fatality rate. Um, and um, this is the world case fatality rate on moving basis. And you see it's gone down enormously. The same thing happened in the United States, mind you. Uh, the case fatality rate has become fairly minuscule. And even this is probably exaggerated because we've talked about, you know, the probably maybe only, you know, 25, 30, 40% of the COVID fatalities are actually from COVID per se. And again, they're mostly all elderly. Uh, we love our elderly, but uh, everyone does leave at some point. And they're, you know, the, the median is, I think, four comorbidities. Uh, and the median age of death is around 80, 82. Um, so this is a, a something that happens. You know, 1% of humanity pretty much dies every year, uh, regardless. Um, and so you know, nobody wants to live, but the, the case fatality rate uh, from a case of COVID is for that age group, probably, you know, less, it's, it, it still represents only like, I think, uh, 15 to 20% of the fatalities for the over 80 group, uh, you know, age group. And I think it's still the minority of, of fatalities at nursing home uh, level, uh, uh, level of health. And so the case fatality rate has gone down basically because there's so much testing going on and all this testing, you know, is, is you know, healthy people with a, a marginal illness at, at worst. Um, that is say, uh, you know, it's, it's not a, um, a severe illness. Um, so just, uh, you know, while we do our kind of world news here, uh, Australia has decided to let COVID rip. <laughs> uh, is that a good idea? And, and this is a very cautious article. Uh, it's, it's worth reading uh, with kind of the right uh, point of view in mind. I'm not going to be able to do it uh, verbatim here, uh, but I like this part here. This uh, Alexandra Martin-Yuk, a professor of um, an epidemiologist in Australia. Uh, she said, uh, uh, some states and territories really got down to very few restrictions. Uh, is this smart? We actually don't know Omicron well enough. Should we be doing this? Well, this is, this is uh, it's really sad. She's an epidemiologist, I guess. But all she really needed to do was look at where South Africa, 
uh, I have South Africa here. Uh, South Africa had Omicron, like I said earlier, uh, they had Omicron fully uh, a month ago. Uh, they had this whole wave over here, uh, which began, uh, looks like uh, late November. And they had it and they got rid of it without vaccinations. And so Australia is all like, you know, peeing themselves or, or, or clemped, uh, as uh, um, Saturday Night Live used to say, um, over, over this. It's absurd. I, I don't know why people can't look beyond themselves. Uh, it kind of gets back to a point here from this article, which I think is very interesting. Uh, he discusses uh, what we see here as uh, it kind of doesn't fit on the screen, uh, a holistic approach versus individualistic approach. And I, I, th these words are used differently. He's Italian and he's not using the standard American kind of approach that we always think of holistic, like, um, you know, chimes and, and um, you know, candles by the bedside and, uh, I don't know, grain, whole grain bread. But he's talking about looking at the whole system rather than looking at individual pieces of data. And so he, he's using these words differently. So I recommend you caution that. But um, but I, I think what we have been doing here week after week is looking at a holistic approach that is looking at different systems as opposed as they rub up against each other. So looking at how South Africa did without a vaccine, looking at how Sweden did without lockdowns. Where's Sweden? Uh, somewhere up here. Um, you know, how did Sweden do without lockdowns? They did no worse than other countries with lockdowns. You know, and, and so there's an old joke before there were antiviral medicines. You know, if you um, treat the flu, it takes seven days. If you leave it alone, it takes a week. So, you know, what's really the difference? You can do all this stuff, but it doesn't really come out in any differential aspect. Um, so he points this out that, um, uh, you know, what we've done is kind of, so this is the individualistic approach, uh, individual behavior and tracking, individual tracking count, preventive lockdowns, mass vaccinations for all. So that doesn't sound individualistic, of course, but they're looking at the, the virus on a person to person basis. They want to stop it from going person to person. The holistic approach um, is looking at uh, system behavior. Uh, they're looking at statistical sampling. And um, I, he doesn't, you know, I, I don't really, I think these words are kind of nonspecific here, but basically, you know, looking at how the system proceeds and, and, and trying to focus your, your attention on the people who are, who are most ill and whatnot. Um, what else? Uh, I think that's pretty much it for that. There were just a couple of things tangentially that I thought, you know, these piqued my interest. I'll just mention them to you briefly. Um, one is, uh, the question was uh, about, um, somebody asked about the Spanish flu uh, and said it originated in Kansas. Uh, I, I don't think that's accurate. Um, from what I've read, uh, it actually started like all the other influenzas in China. Uh, I recommend you read this article. I'll, I'll put it as a link as well in the um, comments section. Um, so these are the, the, the suspects of where the flu from 1918 came up. But it's, I'm not trying to you know, throw everything on China, but, um, but that is where most of our influenzas come from. It has to do with their farming techniques and bringing uh, pigs indoors into the house. Um, to keep them safe in the winter, uh, which is nice for the pigs, but winds up uh, bringing, you know, these uh, influenzas, which uh, cross species, uh, both uh, porcine and avian aspects. Um, and let's see what else. Uh, this is a little, also a little look at, at the past. Uh, this is from 2005, I think, uh, 2003, excuse me, uh, estimates of SARS death. So this is original COVID. SARS-1, as it were, um, and they had a really high case fatality rate, um, and it was just like this one. It was pretty much lower for uh, people of younger age and healthy and whatnot. 
um, what else we have here? And this was an article, I think 2005, uh, from The Lancet about um, SARS-1. Uh, so I think it's useful to look at these things just to kind of get a perspective. Um, it's it's interesting with the severity that, that it had that, um, you know, people thought it was still a good idea to uh, keep it uh, around. Um, um, where's my, I lost my tab there, sorry. Um, anyway, um, I, I'm going to probably get out of this and uh, just let me get, get back here. Um, and I'm going to just go quickly over some slides and memes uh, to kind of, you know, maybe close things out for tonight. Let's see if there are any other questions. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to be able to probably address this unless more than I already had. Um, so. Let's see, that's not right. OK, so. Uh, I, this is, I think, a Raphael painting over here, um, and this was a picture I took from uh, the Celtic game. They were playing Philly. Uh, Doc Rivers is wearing a, kind of a, a light mask. You can see his face through it. It's his gauze. I think he's, you know, given up on the silliness of the uh, NBA rules that these people are wearing. They're all vaccinated. You can rest assured they're wearing masks. The players are not. The fans right behind them are not. Uh, he's not. He's, you know. He's wearing double, he's wearing light. It's just, it's a silliness. I don't think any of them really believe this. Um, I just kind of like the juxtaposition of the faces. I mean, people have changed. People, I think, are still people. I think they still have the same brains and um, reactions and whatnot, uh, but circumstances change. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I kind of like, I, I added this juxtaposition because I think it's an interesting kind of art project in a way. Um, this is a summation of a, of a letter I wrote today uh, to my uh, squash and tennis club uh, who insist on um, making the kids get vaccinated or else they're going to have to wear masks while they're doing maximally aerobic exercise, which I think has its own issues. A lot of people I've seen who are boosted and vaccinated and whatnot, healthy, uh, older individuals in their 60s and frankly, one guy in his 80s wearing a mask while playing squash. Maybe he doesn't play that vigorously, but I just can't imagine his oxygen level is, is, is up to snuff and his CO2 level is probably going too high. I think this can be a cardiac issue in and of itself. Um, so um, I brought up these uh, 16 points. Maybe there were 17. I'm not sure. Um, uh, but a lot of them we covered tonight. Uh, the other one, which I might mention, is that China um, is at this point, late stage, wants to do zero COVID. Uh, this has never been successful. Um, Australia is uh, giving up on that. Um, uh, and why not? Because Omicron is mild. Um, so these are some of the points I'm bringing up that, you know, frankly, masks are, are idiotic at this point. Um, Omicron's not that bad. Uh, COVID, the numbers of deaths have been exaggerated. Um, the, the draconian uh, aspects have had their own secondary problems. We're going to have more disease of despair, addiction, and whatnot over the years. Um, you know, that you know, fin finally, so there's some realization people are kind of waking up against this. Even Jake Tapper is coming out. Um, and some of these other things I'm going to show you in a little bit. Uh, my mother, uh, actually, when she was a young girl, uh, teenager, whatever, she wound up chaperoning Albert Einstein on his walks through Central Park because her parents um, had a mutual friend with Mr. Einstein, Professor Einstein. His famous quote is, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Uh, this in this case pertains to the, uh, uh, to the, you know, using the older uh, COVID booster against the current Omicron, which doesn't seem to have any association with it. 
And then I mentioned the NFL, um, that they have had no on-field um, communication of the of the virus, uh, they almost always from parties and whatnot. And and I don't know why they you know are bothering to do you know recommend masks uh, for people doing aerobic exercise. So that's my point. I don't know if it's going to convince anybody. Uh, Steve Kirsch, uh, I recommend you whoops, look at. Um, he is uh, software. Um, uh, I don't know if he's a mogul or not, but uh, he's devoted some of his time and energy uh, to doing this, and I very much applaud him and admire him. Um, so you can look at his, uh, uh, I forget which page, the name of the page, but he's pointing out what we mentioned tonight, the WHO is finally coming around to reality. Um, this pertains to the recent uh, Supreme Court ruling um, that struck down the Biden OSHA um, kind of backdoor uh, anti-federalist uh, approach to, um, you know, coercing companies through OSHA mandates and rules. And everyone's going to get to, you know, be free of this except for healthcare workers who are bearing the brunt. They were 2020's hero and 2021 and 2022 scapegoat. Now, this is the absurdity, uh, you know, <laughs> Australia wants to let it rip, <laughs> as it were, and go, you know, kind of bear back on COVID after they've got everyone vaccinated and and avoided the more severe versions, I guess. Um, but but not not they're not going to let Djokovic, you know, defend his title in Australia. And so anybody who wins this title should, you know, probably give it to him uh, or have an asterisk next to his name. So I like this quote here: "A kangaroo court in a banana republic." It's actually a kangaroo republic as well. Um, and I this was um, from one of the Australian newspapers. Uh, they didn't they didn't want him to play because. He would be, become a talisman of a community of anti-vaccination sentiment. Oh my God, that would be so terrible. Um, you know, to have people, Djokovic had COVID, to have people, you know, have the free choice to decide that they have natural immunity. They don't need a, a supercilious uh, vaccination. Um, this is to my point that the uh, vaccine is outdated. How do we know it's outdated? Because they're making a new one. <laughs> you know, reduction of Omicron mortality. Uh, this is funny. Um, you know, basically, Omicron is so mild uh, that, that when this vaccine comes out, we've never had a vaccine for the common cold because for this reason, because it would reduce mortality from zero to zero. Um, and he's a little bit cynical here. But to my point, uh, this this underlines the fact that that the current vaccine and booster and whatnot are outdated. There's a slide from last week uh, showing there's really no correlation between being vaccinated and having Omicron. In fact, it's the obverse, it's the reverse. Um, you know, the 31%, excuse me, 29% of the German population is unvaccinated and only 4.42% of the population with Omicron are unvaccinated. So that's a, a force multiplier of about seven. I discussed this last week. Um, uh, and so this is from uh, kind of a uh, Twitter account uh, with a, you know, an interesting name. I don't know why this keeps flipping. Uh, imagine uh, using a condom and still getting VD and then thanking Trojan. Well, I had this happen, you know, because we live here. I had a friend, a um, uh, very bright professorial type um, with degrees and whatnot. And he is so thankful that he had mild Omicron because he was vaccinated, boosted and triple boosted. Uh, and 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 again, it's he has, I don't know how he comes up with this because people did just as well, frankly, better uh, without the vaccine in South Africa. Um, so these are just some memes. I maybe put these too close together, but the left one, uh, instead of calling conspiracy theorists, uh, theories, we should call them spoiler alerts because pretty much everything like I've been saying all along 
has come true, not in terms of group dynamics, uh, the group's always surprised and challenged, but in terms of the actual science. Um, and that's reiterated on this uh, one on the right here. Um, and these are again, two different uh, cartoons. Um, so the corporate media, decades of deceit and lies and pretty much you know, a year, year or two in this case, and then this is all Joe Rogan's fault. And everyone always listens to science, except when it's something they don't like, like, you know, let's do nuclear power or uh, the sexes are different or whatever. Um, it's from Ben Shapiro. Uh, the science is settled. Stop questioning the science. The science has changed. <laughs> do this. Um, you know, what I, what I call blather, uh, rinse, repeat. This is from the football game. It was an unfortunate day. The Patriots got blown out. And part of the blowing out was uh, this exhaling, uh, speaking of which. And it was interesting watching the masks that people had for the cold uh, really do very little in preventing the air from coming in and out. And you could see these are aerosolized particles. How do I know that? Because this is water condensing in four degree Fahrenheit weather. And so these are you know, quickly turning to water and then probably ice or whatever. Um, and, and so the, you're, you're breathing in and out with a mask. Well, guess what? You're still getting the air from over here and the masks are gonna do very little in the way of, of preventing one thing or another. Uh, this is me with a mask, same four degree night. Uh, we had gone out to eat and this is uh, the only, I didn't have my one of my ski masks. So I borrowed uh, somebody's, uh, excuse me, I borrowed my wife's, um, uh, I don't know, COVID mask and it served the purpose. So it wasn't very comfortable. And that's when you can find me with a mask when I need it for the cold. Uh, this goes back to the article about um, Spanish flu. I'm not gonna spend time on this. Uh, this is probably the last slide of the night. Um, this uh, I found from somebody else. Uh, I didn't make this one up. But this is probably where you have to be. You have to be, um, you know, they're all coming after you. You have to be on your own. I don't know if this is uh, OJ's Bronco or not, but I mean, this maybe it's a bad example, but, you know, they, they are out to get you. And, you know, he, I guess he became a free man ultimately. But, um, um, but I think you have to, you know, beware and take care and uh, separate yourself. And, and there's, you know, so much out there as we've been saying uh, from uh, some of the things I've shown you here, you can just go and look at the data um, yourself and make your own conclusions. And you can have the, what we call holistic approach in that regard. Um, so what else do we have? Any other questions, comments? Um, so if not, I'm gonna call it a night. I enjoyed uh, talking with you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm making progress on my um, uh, Zika book. And if you're interested in hearing about it, uh, send me a, a note. I'll try to get you on a list to get an early copy. And if you have any ideas on how to help me promote it, I'm probably going to start out in Brazil and then bring it up here uh, like a virus, <laughs> like a pandemic. Uh, maybe it'll be a book pandemic because uh, I think it blows up that narrative. Uh, I was speaking with a young relative of mine and he was asking whether the Zika book was instructional for COVID. And, you know, it's not precisely the same, but I think the real operative message is uh, you got to look at things and think through things and not take everything at face value. And, and, and you know, like the old days, question authority and uh, look out uh, for your best interest and that of your family. So if you're uh, old enough and you are sick and you want to you know, get boosters, go for it. But if you're a young person, 10 years old, 15, 20, and you have a long term ahead of you and you've already had COVID or whatever, I think it should be uh, discretionary. If you want to do things as society tells you to do so you can do them, fine, but um, take it for what it is. At any rate, have a good night, and I uh, enjoyed uh, having the chance to uh, come into your house. Thanks.